Welcome to episode 12 of It Takes Two to Tango, Conversations That Move Us. I am Martina. And I'm Nat. And together we are two life coaches on a mission to make the world a better dance floor. In this series, we invite you to a metaphorical dance. It's a conversation about how to partner with life in a more meaningful way. We will translate some of the concepts that we have learned from Argentine tango and also from ballroom dancing so that you can take them off the dance floor and experience the kind of bliss that we experience in partner dancing. And you get to experience those in your life and in your leadership. So Martina and Ed, shall we dance? I would be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so our topic today for episode 12 is trusting in our body's wisdom. And I've always believed that we need to trust ourselves and in our own wisdom. But I've been feeling especially for this year, given all the changes that we've had uh, in 2020 and all of the information that's in the news and, and that sort of thing, that it's really vital that we develop more trust in ourselves and our bodies and be able to discern what is true for each of us individually. So we've invited a special guest to join us. I'm going to let Martina introduce him. So I would like to introduce to you Ed Villanchon. And uh, how I came to meet him was through one of my tango teachers and dance teachers when she noticed that I was lacking some connection in my body. You know, when she asked me to move my right arm and left leg together and could I move all of me onto the next foot, I would look at her like, huh? <laughs> She's like, well, I have the right person who can help you. And so she introduced me to Ed as a teacher of the Alexander Technique, but uh, working with him now for about two years, I realized that's not all that he does. He is a somatic educator. He also has a background of being a professional ballet dancer. So he definitely can relate to movement, you know, on and off the dance floor. He is, has also become my Tai Chi teacher. He is passionate about golf and any kind of movement. So, hi, Ed. <laughs> hi, Martina. Hi, Nat. Hi, Ed. Happy, happy to be here. Yeah, welcome. Oh, and speaking of movement, one thing I forgot, he's also a published author as he is uh, one of the contributors to the book, Everything Moves, headlined by Susan Lowell. So. Anyhow, Ed, what, what did I miss? <laughs> or what do you want to talk a little bit more about? No, I, th I think that covers it, Martina. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so today's topic, um, you and I talked a lot about that a little bit on Monday. You know, what does that actually mean, trusting in your body's wisdom? Or actually Thursday, yesterday, this week has flown. So, so you know, you said, well, what do you mean by wisdom? So what do you mean by wisdom? So when you hear that, trusting your body's wisdom, what comes to your mind about that? It's a, it's a very good question. And, and uh, you know, I uh, heard your discussion with Nat and him talking about, you know, being in his mind and that he felt safe there. And, and there, there are a lot of people that are, you know, centered in their mind. And, uh, you know that's that's fine. It's a it's a good thing, but I would I would offer uh, something that uh, the the much maligned 
uh, philosopher, German philosopher Nietzsche said, which is that the body is a great sagacity or sagacity, depending on what um, English class you went to, and meaning that it has great wisdom. Uh, Nietzsche also said that he couldn't believe in a God that didn't dance. So there, the wisdom goes much farther than, uh, than actually just uh, what we are able to learn by using our brain's sensations. In other words, uh, you know, we have proprioception and kinesthesia, which tells us about the body's position in space. And when we're dancing, you know, that uh, where our body is in space, where we are in relation to other people is, is very important. And you want to get really masterful at that. But there, there's a, something that I wanted to mention, which is that literally, there is a communication system in the body that we've discovered now recently um, that doesn't, that's not the central nervous system or it's, that's not the peripheral nervous system and it's not the uh, circulation. It actually uh, has to do with the ubiquitous uh, interconnectedness through um, collagen and elastin that runs through every, literally every cell in the body, every organ in the body. And it's a, the, the reason why I think it has, a, it has a wisdom to it, number one, is that it responds to your movements and organizes your movement without your conscious brain because it's actually faster. It's 10 times faster than your, than your nervous system. Uh, you know, I tell my students, when was the last time you stubbed your toe? Right, you stub your toe and then there's a, there's a, a, a little delay and it's like, oh, ah, you know, before the signal gets to your brain. This internal system uh, that organizes you in movement is much faster than your conscious brain. And so trusting in this uh, system, learning what the system is and trusting it um, can be a big boon for, for dancers. Wow, Ed, that's uh, so fascinating. Um, it reminds me of what my tango teacher tells me all the time. Uh, like when he's, he's giving me something new to do um, and I'm trying to organize it in my mind, right? Like I hear the music and then, and then, um, and then I wanna move. And more often than not, when I'm, I'm in that mode, I, I'm not even perceptive that my body is moving to moving when it's supposed to move um, because I'm in my mind about it, thinking about like how I'm going to do it. And my teacher will say, your body got it right. I could see that your body moved when exactly how it felt the music to move, but then your mind took over and stopped it or second-guessed it? Well, you, you know, Nat, uh, this is really a, a very important point because it's a, it's a both-and situation. We need to use, and I use the word brain because uh, if you ask 
10 different philosophers what constitutes mind, you'll get 11 different answers, right? <laughs> and, and so I, I tend to use the word brain. We need to use our brain to be able to uh, learn uh, new moves and new coordinations. There is a role for the brain to play. However, the, the uh, body's movements in terms of time, in terms of the time it takes to be able to, to do what you need to do, especially in tango, because it's so complex, you don't have the time to follow it with your conscious brain. It's not possible. I used to think that it was, that was the old paradigm. It's like, I could be aware of everything that I'm doing when I'm dancing. No, <laughs> it's not possible. We needed to learn new uh, patterns, but, but it, it has to then, you know, be integrated into the rest of the system. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, you know, especially in, in tango when you're dancing, you know, you, since you're not just dancing with the music and your own idea, but you have the feedback from your partner, right? In my case, the leader, so Nat would suggest something, and then I have my interpretation of what he suggests, how I respond to that. And then I might have some idea of wanting to try a certain embellishment or a certain movement, or, you know, can I take, keep my head in a certain position or in a certain freedom from what I've learned. And so <clears throat> what I find I do in those kind of moments is, you know, my mind goes in my head and then it goes to my feet and then where are my hips and where's my partner? And before I know it, I'm dancing in a different direction. <laughs> I call it whack-a-mole. <laughs> <laughs> So, so in the middle of all this, this noise, you know, so, you know, you mentioned several systems, the nervous system, the circulation system, the brain, the, um, this elusive system that's being explored. I think I heard you call it tensegrity as part, right? Or the, the system that's in the fascia and then my own thinking and the music. So, so how do we access that wisdom in, in the midst of all of that? Uh, well, that's a, that's a, the the sixty four dollar question, isn't it? Uh, or sixty four thousand these days? Yeah. I guess it's not the sixty four dollar question. I'm I'm showing my age here. Um, the the uh, again, we have to deal with parts, and that certainly is true. But one of the ways that I suggest, and and Martina knows this because I, you know, I I keep. Um, working with her on this because it took me a long time to shift my brain how I used my brain in terms of my body and one of the things that we that we can do to access this system is to learn to think better spatially when I when I was a ballet dancer and this subject first came up you know 40 years ago I was completely dumbfounded, like, what, ex what are you talking about? And it, it seems so obvious that, that we're processing space and we're moving through space. Um, but we don't, um, we don't refine that skill. And I, I think uh, that's an, uh, an analogous to a musician who trains their hearing. They hear things, they hear overtones 
they hear things that we don't, that, that non-musicians don't. Just as dancers can develop spatial awareness, um, three-dimensional spatial awareness, internal and external, um, that most people don't have any clue about. So that's, that's the first thing that I would say in terms of accessing the system. becoming more granular with your spatial awareness um, because it's more inclusive. Yeah, there's, um, when you were talking at it, it reminded me of this um, one guy, um, his name is Les Femi, I think that's his name, but he, he uh, studied what he calls open focus and um, he talks about how a lot of people are stressed because they are narrowly focused, right? Um, and right. Um, it's just, you know, just kind of like blinders on. And so that's all you see. And that the practice of open focus where you, you focus on um, a point, but then you also focus on the space around that point. It expands your awareness and um, not only can you relax more, or even relieve pain, um, but your um, the way that you show up in life completely changes. Well, and, and just to add to that, uh, uh, and, and that's exactly right. I think that is what we're talking about. What you add to it is spatial intention. Where do you intend to go with your movement and how do you intend to go there with the movement? And so, so another way to access it too is, is, and Martina knows this, is to get on a first name basis uh, with, with your head and tail. You gotta get on a first name basis with your head and your tail because it is, the, it is part of the central axis, but it is a, uh, it's a very important organizing principle in terms of movement and spatial awareness because if you think about how we figure out how to move and stay balanced in space, three of the, of the big four places where our brain collects information, your eyes, uh, your neck, which has many more sensory uh, receptors than any other place in your body except for your eyes, and your vestibular system. That's three out of the big four. The fourth one is your feet, which are also very sensitive. But three of the big four are located in, in your head and neck area. So adding spatial intention um, and, and, and bringing your head spine or head tail along with that uh, goes a long way. No understanding what happens as you, you know, when you lean into your partner, how do you lean in? When you, when you bring your arms in an embrace, um, what's happening with your head and your tail as you do that in embrace, et cetera. I mean, just to use those as, as examples. It's, it's interesting, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm noticing just hearing the sound of your voice, my body automatically finds <laughs> up system and my head feels a little bit more free. And I noticed, you know, my, my arms give my rib cage a little bit more space without me even doing anything. 
And, you know, the reason I'm sharing that is, is because I think, you know, I learned more from you than, than how to move my body in dance. That was the original objective on, on why I came to you. And now, you know, I'm spending what, um, at least five hours a week. And, and when you have online classes, I attend those as well um, in your company, learning how to move my body from one foot to the other. But also I think uh, what you've helped me see is how my thinking sometimes interferes uh, with my movement, you know, with my neck where I'm holding tension or I think I need to fix something by doing it or let's take a deep breath, right? And so let me do this by doing. And you've taught me some of these ways, you know, and, and coming back to what Nat said in the beginning, you know, like how do we respond to some of the changes that we've all experienced in 2020 in life? And um, not just on the dance floor, which most of them were closed. So, you know, most of my classes and dances are now virtual. But also in, you know, we talked about the startle response that many of us have and how that actually interferes with that head tail connection. So I'm wondering, you know, if uh, there are some, some nuggets of wisdom that you can share with us and with our audience on, on how we might access that and why this is so important, you know, to consider our movement and our body and what we're doing as we're going through our day. Um, sure. The, the, uh, and thank you for reminding me that I wanted, to, I wanted to say that when I, again, when I was a dancer and when Martina came and we talked about, um, you know, the, the uh, dancers, what pose or uh, carriage, um, I was taught that, you, that you, your muscles held you up, your muscles and your bones held you up. And we've now discovered that that's not the case and that we have an inherent system in relation to gravity that um, actually has been, um, the, the system basically is very ancient, talk about wisdom, is very ancient and that we're, we're designed to be upright. I mean, 99 and 99 tenths percent of, of all of our neighbors walk on two feet. Uh, you know, there are notable exceptions, but very, very few. We're supposed to be upright. And so our muscles are made to help organize this uprightness as we move in space. And starting from that place of uprightness uh, it, it allows us to coordinate our movements more efficiently. Uh, in other words, here, here's, a, here's a way for everybody to think about this. So if you're, you know, if you're sitting there listening to this now, you know, if you tighten your neck a little bit and so that your head is, is pulling down and you're compressing your spine. So if you tighten your neck, right? And you feel this pull down. Now, if you undo that, you may notice that your body actually goes up. It decompresses. Now think about, think about that happening all over your body on a daily basis, sitting at your computer, uh, talking, interacting with other people and not knowing it because it's become so ingrained. And that's the, 
you know, that's the, the key. That's uh, one of the keys. And thank you for uh, reminding me about that, Martina. So, uh, so a tip, you, you asked about a tip. And another thing that we can get on a first name basis with is to understand uh, if we do nothing else in our lives to understand where the top of the spine is. Now, when my teacher first asked me that um, 35 years ago when I started studying the Alexander Technique after my career in dancing, I pointed to about C3, to the spinous process of C3 in my, in my back, which was about level with the bottom of my jaw. That was the top of my spine, was C3. Well, it turns out that you know, your jaw is an appendage to your head, that your eyes are in the, in the lower part of your skull, and that at the, at the top of your spine is just behind your jaw and just, just behind your ears, just in front of your mastoid process. So if you put your hands be, between the mastoid process and your, your temporal mandibular joint or your, your jaw, there's an indentation there and you can actually feel the, the outside edge of your top vertebra. And so, you know, in the NFL, they talk about uh, players having their head on a swivel. <laughs> and and you, if you don't have good mobility of your head vis-a-vis -vis your spine and the rest of your body, it's very difficult to dance well. I, I can assure you that. So if you do nothing else but develop this, this freedom of the head on top of the spine, this easefulness in all directions, um, that's a good place to start. Mm. And and that's done through what like like neck rolls or ah uh, good question Nat good question no it's it's done by thought alone okay because um, for instance it, you know I sometimes I give an exercise to people you know and I tell them to you know take their right ear to their right shoulder and you know they they're doing this movement they're doing this movement and and that to them is right ear to right shoulder. And they, and they literally don't know, you know what it means to move their right ear towards their right shoulder and the left ear towards their left shoulder. So they have habits that they're unaware of. And, and so what I would say uh, as, a, as a just a, again, a movement practice, a movement etude is imagine that you have a pencil at the end of your nose and you're gonna draw inch circles on a piece of paper in front of you and just moving from the top of your spine, just to play with that kind of um, easefulness uh, and, and uh, delicacy at the top of your spine. So it's a way of, you know, and, and you do circles both ways and it, it, you know, you're just playing with well, where does this movement begin? And can I move from up here by using my, my awareness and, and that awareness can then um, spread through the rest of the body. J just briefly, my experience, and, and Martina has heard this story. Um, I had so much tension after dancing, as to, after being a ballet dancer for so long. And when my teacher would ask me to, you know, move my head from here and I, you know, I'm doing all kinds of, you know, ancillary, using ancillary muscles and, and so on to do these movements. 
And, and one day, you know, one day she was just touching me gently and, and talking to me about where the top of my spine was. And I felt a release go all the way down my back. I wasn't thinking about my back. I wasn't thinking about my back muscles. But because I freed this joint, and by the way, there, there, there are chiropractors who that's all they do. That's all they do is they adjust C1 and C2, your, your top two neck vertebra. So that's how important they think that is. So it, it cascades, that can cascade through the rest of the body, eventually all the way down to the feet. Yeah, as I was, you know, imagining that, trying, you know, to follow your instruction to not do this as an exercise, but to actually allow that to happen through thought, I noticed that, you know, I was breathing easier. So that's definitely a great, a great idea in response to, you know, whatever startle response that might come from, from the outside, whether it's a argument with a dance partner or spouse or, you know, with a different opinion that comes at me or, you know, the team not having completed a project in the way that I wanted them to, you know, that would be lovely to maintain a free neck even in those <laughs> moments. <laughs> the startle response is a, is a whole nother, uh, <laughs> a whole nother chapter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we talked about some of that in, in other episodes when we talked about performance. And, you know, whether it is an actual dance performance or the idea I want to perform for that hot dancer that <laughs> I want to ask me for the next dance, right? Um, some of that will most likely create different tension in my system that I may or may not be aware of. So. Yeah, um, I want to add that I really appreciate the what I'm going to call like a subtle exercise uh, because often we're taught that change requires big action. And um, whether it's this gentle uh, circular movement and being aware of the top of the spine, or even you mentioned chiropractors, I have a friend that's a network chiropractor. Sure. Right. And she, through very gentle movements, uh, releases tension from the spinal, the, the area around the, yeah, the area around the spine. And then that creates tremendous change in our body. So yep. um, I'm just uh, grateful to be reminded of that. I know we're uh, just about end of time here, uh, Ed, I really appreciate your presence here and um, all the, the wisdom um, from your own lived experience that you shared with us. Thank you for inviting me, um, yeah. both of you. Thank um, you for allowing me to come on. And um, w one thing that came to my mind just, just now is one of the favorite, my favorite quotes that, I'm, that I've learned from you, Ed, is the question, you know, how can I create the conditions in my body that the right thing can happen? Which is, you know, when I think about you, often that's like a summary of, you know, this, 
ah, you know, how can I create the conditions so that I can breathe and that my head is free and the dance just kind of pours through me. <laughs> well, and, and there's another example of, of being inclusive with your thought, mm -hmm. you know, rather than what's my left arm doing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is important, but at the, at the same time, you know, we, we always want to come back to the whole. Yeah. Speaking of coming back, so if uh, any of our audience members want to get in touch with you and learn more, what's the best way to contact you? The, well, the best way is probably through my email. Okay. And uh, what, uh, which email address can we? Can probably we... the Comcast one. I... Okay, so that is? Bill and Chone Bear. Bill and Chone, B-I-L-A-N-C-H-O-N-E. B-E-A-R. B-E-A-R. At Comcast. At Comcast. Dot net. Dot net. And then I have your website as uh, smart moves, the number four living.com, right? Correct. Yeah. So that's, uh, I, I know Ed has a lot of uh, very fascinating blog articles on his site, as well as a listing of some of the online classes that he teaches. So definitely something to follow up if you feel moved, no pun intended, actually, yes, <laughs> to do so. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm just such a joy, Ed, for um, having you here. Um, thank you so much. You're most welcome, both of you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for sharing your depth and uh, for being who you are. Yeah, and so for those that are listening, uh, we'd love to hear what what you took away from today's episode. Um, you know, what what are you going to do uh, to start to um, pay attention to your your own wisdom? Please share your insights on our Facebook page, and um, would also love to hear what other topics that you'd like us to talk about. Uh, maybe we can invite some other experts on our show as well. So thank you both for sharing this dance with you. This is a female tango dancer's dream come true, dancing with two gentlemen at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, it takes two and sometimes three to tango and to create conversations that move us. Until next time, this is Martina. And I'm Nat, and we're two life coaches on the mission to make the world a better dance floor. Thank you and bye for now.